You are now listening to Execute the Secrets to Fast Success podcast featuring Phenom. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Execute the Secrets to Fast Success podcast. We are still in the season talking to real people that have real challenges, that have real results. And today we have with us Christy Felix. She is the founder and CEO of You Hustle, an AI-operated online marketplace for college students with side hustles. Her mission is to help college students create additional streams of income using their skills and their talents. You Hustle was founded in 2018 when Christy was an undergraduate braiding hair in her dorm room to pay for her expenses at Cornell. After transferring to Georgetown, Christy entered pitch competitions to fund her business so that everyone can gain the power to achieve financial stability while in college. Christy, thank you so much for taking time out your day to be with us today, especially on a Friday. <laughs> thank yeah, you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. First of all, how are you doing today? I'm good. It started off a good day. Even though it was raining in New York, it's it's still an amazing day. Now it's sunny. So how's your day going? Honestly, it started off the same exact way. It's It's been raining ever since about, I want to say, 9 p.m. yesterday. Just for reference, it's 10 a.m. right now. So it's a little bit about 12 hours. But I'm happy, though, because it has been hot and yeah. I don't want anywhere on the West Coast, like, you know, Arizona, California, be like, eh, it's not hot over there, North Carolina. It's hot mm-hmm. to me, okay? It's yeah. been like 92, 94 degrees. I'm like, I need to cool off. <laughs> so I've been happy about this rain. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so I want to go ahead and get started with some rapid fire questions. I'm going to switch up the rapid fire questions just a little bit from my, what I normally do. So okay. what I want you to do is just let me know the first question couple of things that come to your mind when we do these rapid fire questions okay all right so these are going to challenge you just a tad bit okay ready yeah i'm ready okay name as many countries as possible in 20 seconds go uh haiti cuba dr united states canada mexico um uh, England, um, Italy, Spain, uh, Congo, South Africa, uh, Algeria, Nigeria, Ghana, um, geez Louise, uh, <laughs> uh, China. Um, Time. Okay. That was good. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, spell your name backwards in under 15 seconds. Ready? Say go. Y T S I R. H.C. Nice to have a short name. All right. <laughs> name as many colors as possible in 30 seconds. Go. Blue, red, pink, yellow, gray, orange, uh, aqua, uh, teal, um, burgundy, um, purple. Um, uh, say green. Yeah. Um, cream. Uh, oatmeal. Uh, <laughs> white. All right, let's say white. Time. Okay, <laughs> that works. Time. All right, last one. What is the best quote that you've ever heard? Um, just keep swimming by Dory from Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> That's real, though. 
Yeah. I love that. So by any chance, that's your favorite movie? Um, it's not my favorite movie, but that's the quote that I had on my high school yearbook. Um, and that's the quote that I go by. Just just keep going. Um, so let's let's <laughs> let's keep on going with that. So why does that quote mean so much to you? Um coming from Haiti, I'm I'm Haitian American, um, first generation American. Um, there's always something that comes up. Like there's always like a a, a challenge or a battle for my family when my mom thought we were coming up and we're getting out, then something just knocked us down. And I just kept seeing that my entire life. And I was like, you know what? It just got, we just got to keep going. You can't let us stop us. Just, just keep swimming. And that's what I live by. Just like, just keep going. I love that. I love that. How is that translated into everything that you've been working on right now with you hustle? Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm just going to keep going. Um, so I started You Hustle when I was in college and I don't have, you know, access to a lot of things. I don't have connections. I don't have capital. Um, so deciding to start a tech company was like, who, like, like you're delusional. Like, who do you think you are? There's no way that you can do that. Um so at first, when I had the idea, I was like, I want to do this, don't know how to do this, don't know who to even ask questions to. Um, I was discouraged for a little bit. Then when I went to Georgetown, I was like, I'm going to do it again. And I got really good at pitch competitions, like super good at pitching my business. Um, so because of that, and that's the like the beginning of the story, but because of that, like I did not stop. I just kept swimming, kept finding a way opportunities find you along the way. Like you don't need to have everything all at once. Like things just find you along the way. So you got to keep going within the journey because the journey is where you're going to find what you need. Um, So that's exactly what has been happening. Like, I'm just going to keep going and whatever I need, is going to find me. I love that. I love that. So I want to take a step back for a second. So you're Mm -hmm. at Cornell and you're braiding hair so you can pay for expenses because as you know, college is expensive. You know, you right. went to Cornell, so you got you got a lot of bills to pay over there. What were you initially majoring in? I was like, what was your focus? Yeah, it was called industrial and labor relations. Um, honestly, I did not know what I was getting myself into, um, but Cornell has certain schools that you can apply to when you're applying undergrad. Um at that time, they didn't have like a business program. I knew I always wanted to go into business, but their business program, um, which was called AIM at the time, it was kind of starting up. So they didn't really have it, it established, but um, their school of industrial and labor relations was more established. Like people who wanted to be lawyers went in there. You can learn econ there. So I was like, that's more business focused for me. Um, I, was, I mean, the closest I was going to get, I mean, um, but to go to that school, the School of Labor, Industrial and Labor Relations at Cornell, your major has to be Industrial and Labor Relations. So that's what I was majoring in. Got you. So were you planning to eventually get into business? Yeah, that was my my goal, my hope, at least. Like, I wanted to find a way to transfer into, I don't, I didn't know how it worked. Cornell was still trying to figure out, like, their business program. Now it's a lot more official but like i took business courses so that was my way of of getting that business education got you got you so what part of business were you looking to get into like were you looking to start e-commerce business were you looking to have like a brick and mortar 
So what, what was the mindset or the goal here? Yeah, no, to be honest, I didn't really want to start a business um, young. I just knew I wanted that business education. So uh, okay. my goal was to go to finance, which I ended up doing. Um, but my goal was to just be in finance and, you know, I wanted to live a stable lifestyle. So go to finance, like, you know, be there for 20 or 30 years and then retire. But God had other plans for me. Um, so my goal was to just to get the business like education and hopefully use it sometime in my life. Uh, I was thinking more when I was like in my 30s or 40s. But um, yeah, as I said, God had other plans. So I, I wanted more of a general education. Got you, got you. And I just want to make sure I'm clear or remember what you said correctly. Did you say you're a first generation college student? I am. Yeah. First of all, amazing. Congratulations. Like you're breaking the barrier, moving forward for everybody after you. Was there a lot of pressure for you, like being a first generation college student? Um. If there was pressure, it was more pressure that I put up on myself. My mom just wanted me mm. to go to college. Like, it didn't matter if it was the best college in the world or anything. She just wanted me to go to college. Um, but because of the way that I grew up, I grew up in, in poverty. Um, like, Haiti is also impoverished. So just seeing poverty in in third world country and then poverty in America, I was just sick of poverty. I was just done with it. So in middle school, I made a plan to get into the best college. I wanted to be in an Ivy League university. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to just get the best for myself. So it was more pressure I put myself. I was like, I wanted, I want to do this. But my mom was more like, you know, go to college, but it could be community college. It could be a state school. It doesn't matter. What age did you all come over? So the I US. came over when I was, yeah, I came over when I was four. And my brother was um, seven and my mom was in her 40s. Did you, have you gone back to visit multiple times since you've been here? Yeah, I've okay. been back um, a couple of times. Every two years, I used to go back until um, two years after the earthquake happened. It just got so bad. My mom didn't allow us to go back, but she's been mm-hmm. back every couple of years. Something that you just said that was very interesting. You're saying that like in middle school, you essentially made that decision to like, I'm going to get into the best college possible. Yeah. That is a huge decision and firm decision to make at such a young age. Like yeah. middle school, you're like 10, 11 years old, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and you're already definitive on what you're going to do. So when you, and I think that's, that's first of all, that's amazing. That's amazing because, you know, at 9, 10, 11 years old, a lot of us are just thinking about cartoons, <laughs> essentially, at yeah. that age still. So how did that firm decision essentially cultivate your mindset and your determination? Like, how did you essentially start operating, honestly, as a child? Like, were you always just like books, 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 books? Like, how did that really shape you from there? Yeah, I decided to focus on books, um, extracurricular activities, um, like volunteer work, anything that I knew would get me into college. Um, And because I made that decision pretty early, there were some mistakes that my peers were making that I just knew I wasn't going to make. Like they wanted to go to parties, they wanted to drink, they wanted to smoke. And I was like, no, I I have a I have a focus. And um, because I had that focus, I was a lot more aligned. Um, And also I was a lot more like 
I was the, like the goody two shoes kids. I'm not gonna lie. Like I thought people who drink in high school is like you're gonna go to jail. Like you're you're going to in jail. Like I used to be the most judgmental like person in in high school because I was like, there's like how are you doing this? Like you don't have a plan, and why should they? I mean, they're 13, 14 years old. Why should they have a plan? But because I was just so oriented, go oriented. Um, there's just some things that I just didn't allow myself to do when I was in high school. Um, and I don't regret it at all. I, I, I think it saved me from a lot of trouble and from mistakes. Cause like, who knows what they're doing when they're young, but it definitely like, it made me a lot more, um, risk adverse, like starting a, a company. That's the most risky, like that was the most risky thing that I've done. Um, but I was so risk adverse because I was like, I don't want anything to mess up my chances of a good future and financial freedom for my family. Mm. I can definitely align with you on that. Uh, like when you know what your goal is, you are stuck to that. Like you are a one focus. Everything else essentially does not matter. Right. And that's something that I, I love to tell people. Like if you can figure out what your goal is, and you are firm warning, like you are 10 toes down. Yeah. Everything starts to flow to you. You realize what's truly a distraction in your life. Yeah. Because, you know, especially in this world that, you know, we live in, there's so much information and so much that's being fed at us so often, every day, all day. Yeah. And when you know what your true goal is, you're like, nah, this ain't for me. Nah, yeah. I'm not going to do this. I, this person, I don't even need to continue this relationship or fostering this, you know, networking with this person. Like, right. this is what I need. So for exactly. you to be able to understand that so early, you know, it makes sense as to why you're having the success that you're having right now. At How, how old are you again? I'm 24. Is at 24, right? So you've essentially have been locked in for about, what, 12 years now? Mm-hmm. Just about, right? 12, 13 years? Yeah. <laughs> you put it that way it's just like man i've been locked in for over a decade right he's crazy yeah, I didn't <laughs> yeah it's just it's a perspective shift so you know going into college right so you know you still are wanting to eventually have a business that's why you're here to take these business classes but you're thinking you want to get into finance yeah now you're starting to braid so you can you know pay some bills at this point are you now thinking like, hey, like maybe I could be a full-time, you know, braider, hairstylist or anything like that? Because there are people like that. And now you're taking these business classes and possibly thinking like, maybe I can just do this full-time. Right? Any chance? Honestly, I was like, no. Uh I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to do what was the most financially stable. Um mm-hmm. And at that time, I was just braiding hair just to make money. So I learned the skill when I was in high school because my mom was paying like $100 or $150 every time I needed my hair done. And I was like, she can't afford that. So I just did it for myself and then started doing it for other people and doing it at a low cost. But braiding hair, so I celebrate people who do hair because my hands were cramping up. I remember this one um, semester, I really wanted to save up for my birthday um so i did like four or five heads in two days and my hands were done carpal tunnel i said no this is not the life for me um (laughs) that was not fun and i was on my feet the whole time i had 
I, I saved the, but the, the whole weekend, I made like maybe $800. So I was like, oh yeah, you know, this is two days, $800, but the, the toll it takes on your body. Oh no. So I was just braiding hair just to make money, um, to pay for expenses, pay for bills. Uh, I was paying for my own phone bill. Own exp- my mom wasn't contributing to my expenses in college. So of course I had to take care of that. Um, but no, I I thought finance was going to be the life for me because I was like that stable. So when you're breaking all these heads, just your hands are cramping up. Eventually, were you just like, you know what? I need to find another way to make money. And that's where you hustle came from. Yeah, I wanted to find another way to make money, but also wanted to find a more like a way to find more customers. So that's when you hustle kind of came mm. about was I was. Um, a freshman at the time so when you're a freshman no one wants to know you no one wants to like no one cares about you you have a big backpack on they don't care what you got going on um so it was hard for me to find customers outside of my right it was hard for me to find customers outside of my my class or outside of my circle so i was like sharing on group me and on social media but um, the thing about that is the same people are seeing your content. So no, you're not getting any new customers unless you get referred to by a friend. So I wanted to find a better way to get exposure. Um, that's when the idea for you also came about. I was like, oh, wait, it would be cool if people can find me. Like, oh, hair braiders at Cornell, hair braiders at mm. like, Ithaca College nearby. It would be cool if someone can find me by a geo mapping tool. Like, okay, I need a hair braider. This, this is her. These are her prices. This is her work. So that's when the idea for you hustle came about. Gosh, it's so keen. I just, I think I understand it now. It's you hustle is essentially like a directory for different services that college students offer. Exactly. Yeah. God. Okay. Can you expand on it? Of course, like the entire business overall, so we can all understand it. Yeah, of course. Um, so you hustle is an online marketplace for college students with side hustles. So college students that do, um, like who are hair braiders, who are tutors, who are into fashion, who sell things. So for both products and services are able to create a listing on my platform and connect to the university that they go to. So that people who are on their campus, on nearby campuses or in the local community can find those college students and pay for their services right on the platform. So it protects the college students as well because Sometimes like you're just expecting someone to pay you after the service or, you know, things get rocky in terms of communication. All of their information is right on my platform so that you can book um, them. Um, Their calendar is already synced up to the platform and you can pay for their services right then and there. That is um, that's clutch. First of all, that's that's I love that. I love that. How long did it take you to build out this entire platform? I'm still building it. I, I don't think it never stops building, but um, <laughs> the the mainframe, the like the main platform, the, the basic MVP of the platform took about like eight to nine months. But prior to that, mm. I had three MVPs, three other platforms that weren't exactly what I wanted it to look like, but according to what I could afford, that's what I could build. So the first version of the platform was like a like a message board where you can just post like, hey, this is what I do. So that was the first version of the platform. The second version of the platform was more like a, a marketplace, but it didn't have the abilities for you to like book anyone. It was like 
it was just a very simple marketplace where you can see the listings, but you can't book. The third version of the platform, um, and each time I built a version, it was because I had some, I won some money from a pitch competition. So each check that I got, I used it to iterate the platform. Um, the third version of the platform, it was more like a marketplace. You can co- communicate with someone, you can book someone. However, the payments went straight to the U Hustle bank account instead of the individual's bank account. So I was walking to the bank, to the ATM, every time someone made a sale, to take that cash out and give it to that person because it was intuitive. So the current version of the platform, it does all of that. First of all, I know you were getting your steps in. <laughs> having to always go to the ATM to, to deliver it. Oh my goodness. You a mailman at that yeah. point delivering checks. One <laughs> thing I heard you say, you mentioned this acronym a couple of times that I've said it before, but I would love to get your perspective on it. I think it's extremely important within not just entrepreneurship, but just life in general. You said the MVP took about eight to nine months. Mm-hmm. What is an MVP? Yes, yeah, so MVP is a minimal viable product. So um, if you have an idea, um, most likely the version of the idea that you have in your head, it's going to cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. If it's, it's, if it's especially a tech idea, because tech takes a lot of time and a lot of funding. Mm-hmm. So before you build that finished version, you might need to start with like a version one, which is like the bare bones minimum of um, the version in your mind, but it could it gets it done, gets the main job done. So my main job was I want to help college students make money. So the first MVP minimum viable product was let me get them exposure. The second um, purpose of the minimum viable product, uh, the purpose of the second minimum viable product is get them exposure and also get them to put their prices on the platform. The purpose of the third minimal viable product was, all right, get them exposure, get them to put their prices on the platform and get someone to book them on the platform. So, um, yeah, that's what an MVP is, the minimal viable product of the idea in your head. Did you always understand that concept or were you like the 90, like the majority of us were like, you know what, this needs to be completely built out for me to even launch this? Or did you eventually talk to somebody you're like, I don't need all that right now. I just need the bare minimum. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was like the majority is like, I need money to do this. Like, this is the idea. But thank God I didn't have the money to do that. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people think that like the version in your head or the vision in your head is going to be what is going to make you successful. It's going to be what is like what people want. And it's most likely not like there are iterations Mm -hmm. that need to the more you speak to customers the more you realize like all right they might not really want that you know that like feature maybe they want this so thank god i didn't waste money on that version that i had in my head when i first thought of it like the main purpose the ideas is the same but the way i'm executing it is different so yeah um the way the reason that i decided to build my first mvp was because Everyone just kept telling me it wasn't possible. Everyone kept telling me like, oh, you're going to need so much money for this. It's going to be expensive. And I kept talking to um, people that kept kept telling me it was expensive. But then I went to like a program with other people trying to start their businesses. And then they taught me the idea of a minimum viable product. But also 
in order for you to get funding or investors or win pitch competitions, you need some type of traction. So you can't have traction without an MVP. Um, so I needed the MVP in order to win those competitions. I think that's a great segue because that was something else that I wanted to touch on. It's like you read my mind. So <laughs> you're starting to understand that you need some type of funding in order to con- continuously improve within your product and your idea. So you found pitch competitions, right? Mm-hmm. How many pitch competitions did it take you to win your first one or to get funding? Because maybe they, they award first through third place. Yeah. So my first pitch competition, I won funding, but that was through um, a class at Georgetown. So um, I don't think I told you yet, but the reason why I transferred from Cornell to Georgetown was because Cornell, like, I, I don't want to down the school, but like the mental health of the kids there is really bad. Like mm-hmm. every semester, just another email about a kid who committed suicide, a kid who died. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I cannot be around this anymore. It was affecting my mental health. Um, there's no sun up in Ithaca. I'm from the city. I'm from Cambridge, Massachusetts. So I'm from the city. And it was just too much. Um it wasn't easy to get back home and I wanted to get back home. So I made the switch from Cornell to Georgetown because like my mental health wasn't going well. And also like, I just couldn't be around that anymore. Um, so at Georgetown, when I got there, there were a bunch of pitch competitions available. Like there was always something going on. I didn't think that I could really win those because like I was a first time like entrepreneur. I didn't have any train. Like I had some training in high school with pitch competitions because um I, would, I did something called the NAACP AXO pitch competition. So it's a regional and national competition for um, Black students in high school. Um, it's like Olympics of the mind. So I competed in the, the business pack. Um, anyway, so when I went to Georgetown, um, I entered this class and it was a class that all students needed to take. Um, and at the end of the class, they were like, well, you guys are going to compete in a pitch competition. So I was forced to do it because it was part of the class requirements. Um, and then we ended up winning that pitch competition and that was $5,000. And after that, I just kept competing in pitch competitions and I ended up winning $65,000 total in one year. Where is, I know I have some clapping. Hold on, hold on. I got to throw this live because that's amazing. I don't think it's working. I'm trying to learn. There we go. <laughs> I'm trying to learn how to use new features up here. But first, you said 65K mm-hmm. within one year of pitching. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. And so I within that, were you practicing your pitching skills? Were you just like winging it? Were you already good at presenting, public speaking? Because when it comes to pitching, it's, there's so much that that goes into it. Some people are not natural presenters. Some people are, maybe they know how to present, but they're not good at public speaking. Like, so what were some of the challenges for you when it comes to all those pitch competitions that you were doing? Yeah. So I was always, um, I'm, I'm, I was never afraid of public speaking. Um, I was always a speaker. I used to do um, spoken word poetry in, in my church, like Christian spoken word poetry. I used to be a performer. I used to be in uh, step dancing. So I used to be in front of people. So speaking to people wasn't my, um, wasn't new to me. Uh, when I was in high school, I did this program 
for kids who wanted to become entrepreneurs. So entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship was always something that I knew I wanted to end up doing. Um, and I used to sell like these bath and body care products. And in order for us to be in the program, we needed to pitch to people. So that was my first kind of practice and pitching formally, like business pitching. Um, and then I ended up doing the end of an ACP AXO competition. Um, and I won the regional competition in Boston when I was a junior in high school. Um, and then I moved to, I went to the nationals, which was in Philadelphia at the time. And I didn't end up winning, but it also taught me how to pitch. So I've been pitching for a while and I've been in front of people for a while. So it wasn't new to me. The most, the, the thing that I, that challenged me the most was, um, confidence, like, I knew I was good at pitching, but like, I was like, but am I good enough? Like I was already like downplaying myself before I even got on stage. So I was like, I'm probably not even, you know, they're probably going to see something in someone else. Like, I don't know. Confidence was my biggest thing. So um, I used to pitch well, speak well, but then after, you know, I got that, like the adrenaline kind of came down I'll be like but like I'm not good enough like they're gonna see I'm not good enough they're gonna see that so because of that like I wasn't um applying to all the opportunities I could because I was just so afraid that people are gonna see that I'm not good enough um but then after I started winning some pitch competitions I was like oh yeah I'm good enough like I'm (laughs) I'm good at this (laughs) now I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a curveball at you Mm -hmm. would you like to give us a quick two minute pitch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you my elevator pitch. All right. So cool. I got a, I have a, a fit, uh, like a face that comes on when I'm pitching. So, you're gonna okay. See. okay. Um, Go ahead and get to that mode. Okay. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in it. You know, always ready. <laughs> um, hi, my name is Christy Felix and I'm the founder and CEO of You Hustle. I've always been a hustler. When I was in high school, I used to sell bath and body care products. When I went to college, I braided hair in my dorm in order to pay for my expenses. And I realized that I wasn't alone. In fact, after speaking to almost 2,000 college students, I found that 20% of college students have a side hustle. It's not just hair braiders like me, and it's not just low-income students like me. It's students with a skill and a passion who are trying to find money to pay for their expenses. You Hustle is the solution to their problems. It's an online marketplace for college students with side hustles. We help students monetize their skills and their talents to make hustling easier for them. We are are right now raising $1.2 million in our pre-seed round, and we hope that you can join the hustle and help make hustling easier for all college students. Are you ready to hustle? Hey, that is fire. Okay. (laughs) You better go ahead. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I, I I love how you got locked in. I I just something about that. So I want people to understand and realize that nothing comes overnight. You have been practicing this skill of speaking and presenting and pitching, whether you knew it or not, for you know about what ten to fifteen years now. Yeah. Right. And yeah. now it's all coming together. It's all paying off. So, you know, 10 to 15 years and then 65K in funding within one year. And it's only going to continue to increase. I think that is literally the 
that's one percent. That's one thing I talk about all the time. Being one percent better every single day, and sometimes you don't see the compound effect, and you don't see the exponential growth until one day just boom explodes. And that's what you've been doing for all this time. You've been working on your skills. You've been locked in. You've been focused. You know exactly what your goals are. Your your subconscious and your your conscious is always heading towards that. Yeah. To where you are today, twenty four years old killing the game like absolutely killing it so for, first of all nobody's giving it to you this week i want to go ahead and give you your flowers because like you are doing an amazing job like you are breaking generational curses you are being a standard for so many people you're i know you're inspiring so many people including your mom right i know she has to be intuitively proud of you so you know i just want to say kudos to you because you are doing an amazing job What have been some of the challenges that you've experienced along the way within you hustle? Yes. Um, There are so many, so I'll speak about them in in high level. Um, The biggest one is entering spaces. Um, Mm. There are gatekeepers and their gatekeepers are people who don't see your value because of how you look. Um, and I thought that I needed to change the way that I looked, the way that I spoke, the way that I dressed in order to enter these spaces. But even after doing that, they still don't want to let me in these spaces. Um, for example, like when I'm pitching for funding, now I'm actually, so all of the money that I won has been all non-diluted funding. So I didn't have to give in, away any equity in my company in order to earn the money that I've earned. But now I am looking for diluted funding. So I'm looking for an investor, you know, part of the team and some of the questions that they ask me or some of the comments that they say to me, it's not about me. Like it's about like what their perception of me is. Like they would say things like, Oh, well, um, well, like you're really great at pitching, but like, I don't know if you're going to be like a good entrepreneur. And I'm like, but I, I have been an entrepreneur, but they would downplay my, my my skills and my talents and also like i've heard it from multiple people but being told that i am so articulate or i'm a great speaker that is an insult because you're expecting me to not speak well you're expecting me to speak with i don't know with like unprofessionally and sometimes yeah i can i can i, I have slang sometimes yes i you know i use words that are not in the dictionary but I like it's not it's not it shouldn't be an expectation of you for me to not speak well or to, for me not to know what I'm saying or not be educated. And I'm just so like tired of that because it's not even just about me because like technically it's a compliment. It's about the people that look like me. So you're saying like black women can't speak well. You're saying that black women that come from this area or are Haitian American or whatever cannot speak well. So now I'm mad for my people. Now I'm mad for other black women. <laughs> like, why do you expect them not to know what they're saying? Like, they are very smart and educated. Um, so yeah, the gatekeeping has been tough. Um, um, in order for you to to get money, especially if it's an idea that people don't don't know, you need to fail multiple times, and that's part of the process. Like, so I already knew that. Most um, I've heard it from multiple people, but like. You need to have, you need to get a hundred no's just to get one yes, at least a hundred no's. 
So I knew I needed to like get rejected multiple times and fail multiple times in order for me to get one yes. That was part of the process. That was part of my understanding already. What wasn't part of my understanding was why I'm getting the no. Like some people get the no because people just don't believe in whatever they're selling. People don't, you know, or, oh, maybe we don't have enough time to invest in your company or whatever. I'm getting the no for this, for how I look. Or get in the know because they don't think I'm I'm smart enough, I'm good enough, whatever. Um, so the why I'm getting the no has been like, ah, uh, like it's it's just annoying. Um, but I think like the biggest one for me, the biggest challenge is just to like remind yourself that you are good enough, like like you are worthy enough. I remember when I messaged you on Instagram and I heard, I was listening to your podcast. I listened to multiple of your multiple episodes and I'm like, wow, the people on his podcast are like so established. Like they, they're so, you know, uh, successful and established. And I guess you don't see yourself as that. So thank you for giving me my flowers, but I, I don't see myself as that yet. Cause that's not where I want to, I'm not where I want to be. So I messaged you and I was like, oh, I'm not like, I'm not like there yet. And you're like, that's fine. Um, so yeah, so that's ha- has been a hurdle too. I want to touch on that real quick. Cause I think it's a, an important conversation to have overall. Um, and yeah, I just want to touch on it. One thing that and I typically save this for the end of the show, but I'll ask it now. And I'll, I'll start with this. Success to everybody is different. Establishment or how established you are is also different to everybody. It's really all perspective. And one thing I've continued to learn is that our lives will forever be evolving. They will forever be changing. And the sooner that we realize that, the the sooner we essentially are not to say, I'm not saying that you're not grateful for where we are at that moment. Like I was looking at one of my posts. I have done one of those like IG story posts where you have one of the stickers and it's like, hey, post five pictures from the last five years or you know, something like that. And so I had done that. And so I'm as I'm looking at it, I'm like, yo, five years has gone by. And I'm literally a whole different person, like completely changed. Like Five, six years ago, I was working at Express, like the, the clothing retail store. I was pretty much it. That's all I was doing, struggling to pay bills. And then fast forward to today, giving two TED Talks, written three books, working on a fourth one right now. Podcast, 80, this is about to be, I think the 85th or 86th episode within like three years. College digital marketing instructor, success coach for college students, like all this type of stuff. And I'm just like, to some people, they're like, yo, this guy is extremely successful. And sometimes I'm just like, yo, I still got a lot more to go, like a lot more to give. And like, I'm still trying to get myself together. But sometimes I have to just remind myself, like five years ago, me would be extremely proud of who I am. And that's success right there in itself. And that's why I had to give you your flowers, because, you know, you've been on this for over a decade, like I think that is success right there to be so consistent and disciplined for over 10 plus years and to be where you are today. First of all, you know, some people have never won a pitch competition in their life. Right. And you're over here nearing six figures from pitch competition winnings. 
So it's just like, you know, success is all relative in its perspective. So to go back to my question, what is success to you? Mm. Um, Before like this season of my life, success was definitely about money. Like, um, am I financially free? Am I debt free? Am I mom? Is my mom and my brother debt free? But for me right now, success to me is about people. Like how many people am I impacting? How many people am I helping make money? How many people are on my platform that are actually getting value from it? So it wasn't about money anymore. It's not about money anymore. It's about how many people am I impacting? Am I helping in a real tangible way? Um, Yeah, that's success to me. Are you helping people make money? I am, yeah. Are you making an impact on their life positively? I do. I do. Yes, I am doing that. <laughs> so would you so would you consider yourself successful right now? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know what? I was also thinking about um when you were asking me those questions, it's like, dang, like he is getting me, you know, to think about myself differently. But um I remember telling someone, I was like, if your goal is to make money, no matter how much money you make, you're always going to want more. Like you're always going to want more money because there's there's infinite amounts. Someone always has more than you. Like even the richest person in the world can look at someone else and be like, well, they have more assets than me. They have more investments than me. They, you know, whatever. Um, And I was looking at, I was looking at the way that I was thinking about success. And I was like, you know what, you know, I can help more. I could do more. I could do more. But yeah, but you're doing it. You're doing it right now. Like you are doing it. So it doesn't matter if people have more people on the platform than you do, or whatever. Like you are doing it. So thank you for those questions and also for your your um, inspiring words. Of course, of course. One of the one of my favorite quotes um, that I always say is, "Success isn't a destination." It's a journey. Yeah. And the moment that we realize that we will never get to success, but success is the journey that we're always on. Mm. We start to think about life different. We start to move differently. We start to have different expectations and honestly, just give ourselves grace differently. Yeah. And that was something that I've continuously am telling myself this in like this entire time. Like I will never reach success. Like, I'm always looking to just be successful. Like, did I win the day? Did I win the week? If I won the week overall, because let's be honest, we have bad days and we have bad weeks sometimes, right? But if I can make sure that I'm focusing on winning every single week, I've done something productive. I've helped somebody do what Mm -hmm. they want to do, right? And I'm essentially healthy and I'm taking care of everything. It was a successful week, right? Mm -hmm. Because there were, like you said, there will always be something more, no matter how much money we have, how many people we've impacted is nearly impossible for us to impact every single person right. on this planet. We're not going to have every single dollar that exists on this yeah. planet. So, you know, at the moment that we start, stop chasing more and essentially just focus on winning the day, right. Yeah. Or winning the week, we kind of realize like, man, I'm doing this already. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I needed that. No, thank you. I needed so, that. Lesson. Yeah, I'm glad. Happy to hear that. Um, so 
you know, I'm giving you a piece of advice or, you know, some some words of wisdom. I would love, because we're wrapping up with time just a little bit, because I want to be mm-hmm. respectable of the time that we had. What, other than just keep swimming, unless it's, it's that, what is one piece of advice that you will give to all the listeners today? Mm. Okay, I'm going to share a piece of it. Okay. Um, I come from a Christian background, so I'm going to share a piece of advice that helped me, but it is associated to my background as a Christian. So take it as you will, like however you take in whatever you believe in. Um, Yesterday I was going through a a hard time and I called a friend and um, she prayed with me and it was helpful. But um, one of the questions she asked me was like, have you been active in your fight? Like, have you been active in your fight towards whatever you're you're going through? So the challenge that I'm going through now is trying to raise money for my business and also trying to grow my business at the same time. Um, and I was just like, you know, I'm praying, I'm, I'm doing the things, I'm being disciplined, I'm doing all of that. But I was just waiting for it to kind of come to me. Like, I'm waiting for God to drop the million dollars in my lap and like have it come to me. I'm doing the work for it, but I haven't been like, actively you know how they say like if a door closes go through a window i was like nah i'm gonna walk through the door the door is gonna open for me and i'm gonna walk through that door so i wasn't like trying to find ways actively trying to find ways to go around the door the door that closes in my face go through a window i wasn't active in that um and so one thing that like we talked about was like god will send down blessings to you but you also need to grab them you have a job to like, he's sending you blessings, but you need to grab that blessing. You can't just like sit here and just let it rain on you. Like you need to do something to collect the blessings that he, he's sending down. Otherwise, you know, the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. Someone will come and, and accept those blessings for you. If you're not actively taking it down and claiming it and also doing something about it. Um, and the reason that why that hit me so much is because I wasn't active. Like, yeah, I'm doing the work and I'm doing the pitch competition and stuff like that. But when they say no, I should be going back to them and say, why not? I should be going back to them and say, well, do you have any other programs or investors that you think would align with my business? Like, don't stop with the no. Be active in that. Bless. If God told you something about your life and God told you you're going to receive this or you have a vision, then be active in that. Like, you can pray, you can do all that stuff and be disciplined, but you also need to reach out and to grab it and to touch it. Um, so that made me think about things differently because after that, um, I was like, everything that God told me that I was going to receive, the the money, the funding, the opportunities, whatever, the husband, whatever, I'm going to be actively praying for that. Like actively praying for my husband, actively praying for the kids that I want, actively praying for the opportunities that they stay within my possession, that no one takes them, actively going for it and not just sitting by and just waiting for it all to come to me. So my advice to everybody is to be active um, because it is yours, but you also need to go out and, and grab it. Man, that's a bar on a Friday. I love that. <laughs> That's so, I love that. So last but not least, how can people find you? and How can they support you? Yes. Okay. Please support me at University Hustle on Instagram. You can just follow us on Instagram, but also um, you can see our link tree, 
where you can go on a platform, you can hire hustlers. So if you're looking for someone that tutors, um, people who do violin lessons, piano lessons, we have graphic designers on our platform. You can hire NYU students currently. We're launched at NYU. You can hire NYU students currently on my platform, um, support these students and also support you hustle. Um, and you can follow me on Christy Rose Felix at uh, Instagram too, and add me on LinkedIn at Christy Felix. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. You have dropped endless gems and I appreciate you. But everybody, this has been another episode of Execute the Secrets to Fast Success podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Phenom, and I will catch you guys on the very next episode.